everyone. This is Pastor Ryan, and this is our podcast. Welcome to Live Alive Church, and I just want to thank you for listening in. I hope this message encourages you, strengthens your faith, and causes you to keep pressing forward for who God has called you to be and created you to be. God bless. Chapter 89. Are you there? Psalms chapter 89, starting in verse 1. The Bible says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known throughout all generations. I will declare your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant, I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The heavens praise your wonders. Lord, your faithfulness too, and the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? And the counsel of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. Who is like you, Lord Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you still them. You crushed Rahab like one of the slain. With your strong arm, you scattered the enemies. The heavens are yours, and yours also the earth. You founded the world and all that is in it. You created the north and the south. Tabor and Hermon sing for joy at your name. And I want you to underline this. This is my last verse. Your arm is endowed with power. Your hand is strong. And your right hand exalted. So I want to speak to you today on our new series, The Body of God. This is my first message on the hand of God. This is part one on just the hand of God. Part one. And it's going to be on touch. Billy Graham, the great evangelist, once said that you're never truly preaching until the audience hears another voice. So I pray today that you would hear another voice, that it wouldn't actually be me preaching, but it would be the Spirit of God speaking through me. So, Father, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, God, that your word is already anointed. I pray, Lord, that what you have given me, what you have whispered in my ear, God, that I would yell to theirs. Father, that your word that goes forth in power, God, that your word that goes forth with with strength, God, would touch the ears of those listening today. Father, I pray that we would have an understanding of who you truly are and who your being really is. Father, I pray that for an anointing that is hotter than the sun. Father, I pray for your word, Father, that would fill us to overflowing. Father, I pray for your presence that would be like the train of your robe that would fill this place. Father, I pray, Lord, that your word would liberate, set free, and deliver today. And Father, I pray that you would do all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 
So as I was praying, God began to give me certain things to preach about. And one of those things was God was speaking to me about, you know, some, sometimes God speaks to me in weird ways. And, and he said, you know what, I want you to speak to my people about the body of God. And I said, okay, you want me to talk about the body who is you, you know, is, is the people of, of the people of God who represents the body of God, you know, and, and how we all have different gifts and how, you know, the arm is, you know, connected to the hand and without each other we can't, you know, do what God has really called us to do. And he said, no, son. He said, I, I want you to talk about the physical body of who I am. He said, people need to know who I am in existence. People need to know who I am and what my being is and who, I've, who I am. And, and that way they would better understand why I created them. And so I believe that this message is going to speak volumes and this series is going to speak volumes to the, to, the, to the dignity of who God truly is and to the doctrine of who God truly is. And to the divinity of who God truly is. So that way we can understand what he is and who, we, who he is and why we even worship a God that we don't see. Because your Bible says that your God is a spirit. And that those who worship him will worship him in, in spirit and in truth. And I want to speak about the hand of God today. And the reason why I want to speak about the hand of God, because we've always been taught and we've always been told that God's hand is surely on your life. When we've gone through things and we've gone through struggles or when God has placed an anointing on our lives and God is using us in mighty ways, we've all, always heard from people, God's hand is on your life. Haven't you? I've heard it many times. People said God's anointing is on you. God's hand is on you. God's presence is with you. While that's all said and good, but I want to get down and dirty and know who God truly is and what his hand actually represents in the Bible. See, you see the physical human hand represents many things physically as, as, it, as it can represent a greeting when we greet one another. You know, we use our hands for many things. We, we use our hands in marriage to put a, to put a, signify, to put a ring on for marriage, to signify the unity between husband and wives. And, and we, we use our, our hands for love language. We, we use our hands for those who are deaf for uh, sign language. We, we use our hands to walk hand in hand with our spouse or with our loved ones. We use our hands to grab things. We, we use our hand to touch things. We, we use our hands to pick up our kids, to pick up our children. And we, we use our hands. Our hands are the most used body part that we have on our body. <laughs> and we won't go there, okay? It is the most valuable part of your body that you use the most. Without your hand, you can't grasp things. Without your hand, you can't touch things. Without your hand, you can't hold things. But I want you to know that the hand of God in Scripture doesn't really mean the physical hand of God. It actually symbolizes the spiritual uh, things of God and who He is and what He represents. You know that the human body has five senses, right? It has five senses. It has sight. Smell, touch, 
taste and hearing. And with your hand, you can touch and feel things. Isn't it nice that you can actually touch and feel? Look, my little boy, I mean both of them, they can they can touch things and it's like everything is glued to their hands. It's like you don't say, don't touch it. You go into a store. You go anywhere. You say, don't touch it. It's like as soon as they hear don't touch, it's like I got to touch it. Yeah. You go into the restroom, the public restroom. Don't touch the toilet. Oh, what's in there? And, and they want to touch it and, 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 and touch nasty things. And, and you know, and, and around the house, you know, if you've if you got a drink sitting somewhere, and my kids are famous for this, there's a cup sitting on the counter. They want to go climb up on the counter, knock it over or spill it over. And, and I'm always tapping their hand and saying, no, no, you know, don't do that. Don't touch that. Don't move this. You know, stay where you are. And we don't really understand. After this message today, you're going to be like, my gosh, my hands are in everything. Your hands are dry. You need lotion. You know what I mean? Like our hands are important. But why we have our hands as a physical sense, God's hand in Scripture is a spiritual symbolism. The word in the phrase, the hand of God, is found in the Bible 16 times. It speaks of symbolism and metaphorical concepts, identifying the strengths of God, His power, and His providence. So when God says that my hand is on your life, it means that his power is on you, his strength is with you, and his providence is with you. That way he can provide all of your needs according to his riches and glory. So when his hand is upon your life, it's talking about a spiritual concept and metaphorically speaking that his hand is upon you, that you can gain strength from him because his hand is on you and that he will provide for you everything thing that you've ever wanted comes from his hand you can't get anything from a closed fist when God opens up his hand or spiritually he is saying that I'm providing for you my strength is with you and my power is with you are you staying with me because I'm getting ready to get deep here are you okay you getting there the Bible says in Hebrews that 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 Jesus sits at the right hand of the father that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, which symbolizes a place of honor. So when the Bible talks about where Jesus has sits at the right hand of the Father, the right hand, spiritually speaking, means power, majesty, honor, strength. So when the Bible says that Jesus ascended into the heavens and now seats at the right hand of the Father, it means that Jesus now sits near him, next to him, and is with him and is one with him. And in, in his honor and in his power and all authority has been given to him. Are you with me? Now the book of Ephesians says that we have been raised up with Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2, this is where we get our vision statement. So if you haven't read it, go back and read the chapter of, of 2 in Ephesians. And it says that we have been raised up with Christ and now we are seated with him. So now we have Christ who sits at the right hand of the Father who is in place of the honor of him. And now which represents his power, which represents his strength, what 
represents his honor and his majesty. Now the Bible says that because of Christ's sacrifice, now we are seated with him in heavenly places. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and now that we have been seated with him, in other words, what I'm trying to say is because of his sacrifice, we now have a seat at the Father's table. Do you understand? Now that we are at the Father's table, now everything is, is for us. Everything is provided for us. You can come have a seat at the table. I remember my first message when I opened up when we, when we started this church was that Christ is handing out seats. Now that when you, when, <laughs> well, I'm telling you, when you come to the Lord, you are now seated in heavenly places, the Bible says. You're seated with Him at the right hand of God. So now that you are in Him and with Him and that Christ is in you Above all and through all, as the Bible says, everything is for you. Everything that he has created is yours. Everything that you don't yet have that you want in the future is yours. He's already provided it for you. All you have to do is go ask him. Everything is already yours. So now that because of his sacrifice, we, are, we now have a seat next to the Father. Now his strength is available for us when we feel like we're weak. Now when we feel like we're not, we're not getting the breakthrough that we need, that his, his, his delivering power, his liberating power is here for us. It's, it's available to us. It's, it's at the right hand of the Father. It's, it's right there. It's, it's, it's already available. We already have access to it. We already have access to it. And so we get to this place in our lives that we feel like the hand of God isn't on us when he is saying that now that you have been raised with Christ, you're already seated with him. So we don't have to, we don't have to get to a place where we don't feel like we're, we're, we're valuable enough or we're not worthy enough. We are worthy enough because if we weren't, we wouldn't already be seated with Christ in heavenly places where his power and his authority and his everything that we've ever need is in him and is already available to us. And so I want to get to a place where we're talking about his touch. I want to talk about his touch for a moment. And this is where I'm going to get really deep and that you need to follow along with me. There is a difference between what God creates and what God forms. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 that God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was out form and void. And there was darkness on the face of the deep. And the Holy Spirit, you, you understand? You see what I'm saying? And then the Bible says that he said, let there be light. Now, this is what I want to tell you. He didn't form light. He created light. Creation or something being created means you have to bring it into existence because it never was. Something formed, when you form something, it means that you have to configure it into shape. That something has already been created, you just have to form it out of what has already been created. So what God creates, so, so what God creates, you need to listen because I'm getting deep here. What God creates, he declares. He speaks. 
whatever is not in existence in your life and that you don't have, and only for it to become into existence, you have to speak it. That's how it's going to be created. Now, in order, when God forms something, what he is doing is developing it. You understand? So, but God in, in Genesis chapter 1, he, he, in, in, the, in the first chapter, he went down and said, let there be light. So he spoke it. He didn't create it with his hands. He didn't shape it. He didn't configure it. All he did was say, let there be, and it was. Right? So in our lives, when there's things that we need, when there's things that we're going through, when there's things that we're, we're facing, when there's things that we're battling, the only way for something to be created is that we have to speak life into it. Right? And so what happened was is that, is that he, he got to this place where now that he had spoke everything into existence, he spoke the earth, he, he spoke the light and divided it. He's divided the seas and he said, let there be. You go through it all. He didn't say that he used his hand and he took it and, and he shaped it and boom, there's the earth. He didn't say that. You can, you can read it. Everything that he created, he said, let there be. Right? Let there be. So now he came to this one place in Genesis chapter 2 where he said, now we have to make man in my own image. And he said, let us make man in our own image. And then he formed man from the dust of the earth. So everything he declared and he created was from his mouth. Now the one thing that he formed, he had to make it with his hands. Because he said, in order to make something in my own image and something to be like me, I have to touch it. In order for something to be me and to be like me, because the Bible says that he had created man in his own image. So what God already did is, listen to me, it's going to get deep here, is he already created, he spoke the earth into existence. So he already created the earth. All he had to do was form you from what he already created. You were already created when he spoke the earth into existence. All he had to do was form you from the dust of it. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? I believe that if we can get to this place in our lives and understand that when God gets you to a place of developing, that he's just trying to form you because in order for you to get to your future, he has to form you and develop you into who he's called you to be. He's already created your promise. He's already created your victory. He's already created your healing. All you have to do is be formed into who he's called you to be be because the Bible says that he first formed the earth before he filled it my God you have to first be formed before he can fill you with who he's called you to be that's why he said I made man from the dust of the earth and as soon as he made man he formed man and then he breathed 
into the man. And he breathed his spirit. He breathed his ruach. Is what the Bible says is spirit in the Hebrew language. It's, it's, it's the breath of God. So he had to form the earth and then he filled the earth. And then he formed the man and then he filled the man. But my God on the day of Pentecost when they all were one, one body and one mind and one accord. They were just a form. They were just a body. And then it, the Holy Spirit didn't come yet until Jesus had to ascend. Where? To the right hand of the Father. That's why you have power. That's why you have authority to speak things into existence. To speak over those things that keep coming against you. And to speak against those demons and them enemies that are trying to come against you. And, and that you can have victory. And you can declare life. You can declare healing. Why? Because you already have the power. You already have the anointing on your life. God has already created it. All he's trying to get you to, to do is be formed and developed into who he's called you to be so you can understand all that you already have. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's his hand. He said, I have to come so close to you in order to make something so special. I have to actually touch it. He said, in order for something to become so near and so close to me, I actually, if something's got to look like me, talk like me, act like me, be something special like I am, I have to touch that thing. That's why, that's why I don't be upset because you ain't, you, look, you, you didn't get what you really are looking for because God's, God's trying to make sure he can touch what he wants to give you. That way he can touch that relationship. He can touch that, 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 that woman. He can touch that, that, that girlfriend. He can touch that husband. He can, look, he's trying to, he wants to be able to be involved. The Bible says that we have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. That we have been brought near to the Father by the blood of Jesus Christ. The word near in the scripture in the Greek actually means to touch and to form. So in other words, what he was trying to say is that we've been so we've been brought so near to the father that he actually has touched you and he's he's shaping you and he's molding you and he's creating you. That's how close that we have been brought near to him. Even Jeremiah, the Bible says in Jeremiah that before you were even formed in your mother's womb, I already knew you. In other words, what he was saying is, is that I've already created you. I've already known who you are, what you're going to become. I've already known your pitfalls. I've already known your failures. I've already known your mistakes. I've already known your, your, your every struggle that you've ever. But I still called you to be a prophet to the nations, Jeremiah. He said, I, before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, I already knew you. He's already created you. He already knows every, every hang-up. He already knows every hiccup. He know, already knows every struggle. But guess what? He's, he's still already anointed you. He already called you. He already formed you. He already created. He is the author and the finisher. Not only is God an author, but he is an artist. Not only has he wrote the book, but he's designed the book. Not only has he written the story, but he's canvassed the pictures. 
He already knows every scene. He already knows every, every, every battle. He already knows every struggle. He already knows every pitfall. But guess what? His hand is still on you. Guess what? His hand is already near you. It's already next to you because by his hand, the Bible says there's pleasures forevermore. That's what the book of Psalms says. In his hand is pleasures forevermore. It's the hand of God who can form. It's the hand of God who, who can create. It's the hand of God who is developing you, who is creating you. Just like he did from the beginning, he's already created who you're going to become. He just has to form you into who you are supposed to be. Because who you are now is not who you're going to be Five years from now. God wants you to come so close to him and so near to him that he is taking you from who you are now, five years from now, deeper into who you really need to be. Right? Because he wants to do so, something so special in your life that he says, you know what? I love them so much. Did you know that a baby... That a baby, when it's born, that it responds and needs touch in its life. Touch is intimate. Touch is a feeling. They, they need to be touched. They need to be coddled. They need to be held. They need to know that their mommies is up against them and that they're near to them. And that's exactly God says, you know what? <laughs> Even when you think that I'm not near you. I'm so close to you because, because what I have created, I'm already forming what I have for you. So I, I've, even when you don't feel me, I'm, I'm touching you. I'm, I'm near you. Do you know what happened with the blind man? The blind man? Nope. The, the, the blind man who, who, who went up to Jesus and Jesus took the mud He couldn't see, so Jesus took the mud and formed it with his hands. And he put it in his eyes because he knew in order to open up his vision, he had to touch with his hand. In order for doors to open up in your lives, God first has to touch it and anoint it. In order for a breakthrough to come in your life, God has to first anoint it and touch it. In order for victory to come in your life, God has to first anoint it and touch it. In order for you to get freedom, God first has to anoint it and touch it. Because God wants to become so close to who you are that you know nothing else but him and you. Do you understand? That I want to get so deep in him that it doesn't matter what storm I go through. That it doesn't matter what pain comes my way. That I already know that Jesus is with me because he's so close to me that he's touching me. That even when I go through a season and I don't feel him. Even though I go through a season and I don't think he's there and I start doubting God. You ever doubted who he was? He said even in your doubt I'm still near you. Even through your struggle, I'm still touching you. Even through it all. But in through all of that, what he is doing is he's forming you. Because he has to get you to a place in your life that with the struggles that you're going through, sometimes he'll get you to a place that is hard 
and that is a struggle just for you to reach out to them. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we get to a place where we can think we can do it all on our own sometimes. But sometimes God will put you in a position, he'll say, I'll see how you can do it on your own. But at the end of it, man plans his ways, but in, in the end thereof, there is destruction, right? So he'll put you in places, he'll put you in specific seasons to get you to call out to who he is. So that way you get to that place where you haven't felt him and you haven't, you've been going through a valley, you've been going through a struggle. And then what always happens when you, when you say, I really need God tonight. I really need to go to the house of God tonight. I hope there's a move of God tonight. Here's the thing. We all get to a place, excuse me, where we like, I, I hope the spirit's moving today. Guess what? God's spirit's always moving. It's always moving. Guess what? We got to be the ones to be the move. To be the move. But we always get to that place where we say, and I don't know about you, but I've been there. I've been like, I hope it's a good service tonight. I need a touch from the Lord. You ever been there? I just, I need a touch from God today. <laughs> I really hope it's powerful. I need a touch. I need a touch. I need, I just, I need a touch. And this is just part one of this series, and I'm about to wrap this up because I got so much more that I want to I wanna unfold with just the hand of God. I'll probably preach on the hand of God for two months. I mean, I don't know. There's so much. God was downloading so much into my spirit that I just, I said, God, I got to just back up for a minute. You're giving me too much right now. I said, God, like, I just had to hold on for a second, right? But I want you to understand that God is so near to you, so close to you, so with you. That his power is available to you. That his strength is available to you. That his providence is available to you. That it's, it's already there. And he's already created everything that you've ever needed. He's just trying to form you to get you ready for what he's created. Does that make sense? Let's stand because I, I can't give you too much. Y'all going to be going to sleep on.